Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome back to Star Trek with Aaron and Polly, where we're bringing you the two-part Philippa Georgiou finale in uh, Star Trek Discovery, Terra Firma, parts one and two. Yeah, we're, we're a little overdue. <laughs> a little. <laughs> a little. I mean, I think the, the second part aired about five uh, It's four ago? or five weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. You know, this uh, 23 weeks or whatever of uh, Star Trek has been exhausting. I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. As a viewer, love that stuff. As a podcaster, spread it out a little bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm kind of sad because at the time of this recording, which we'll talk more about next time we record, um, there is no, there are no release date. New. No, in anything fact, on the horizon for Star Trek. In fact, uh, you know, we know we know two things, right? We know that. Uh, uh, Season four of Star Trek Discovery is already in production. They're already shooting. We know that uh, Jonathan Frakes was, is already up in Canada or wherever they go to shoot this thing. Uh, so, you know, that's already happening, and that's been going on since November. So, you know, we'll probably hear something about, you know, season four is wrapped any time now. Um, uh, Lower Decks was already in production at, right. as of the end of the season. And Patrick Stewart is currently reviewing four scripts for the first four scripts for Star Trek Picard. So we know things are moving. We know Strange uh, Strange New Worlds has been moving, even though we've not heard anything about it. I feel like we're right at the cusp, Paul, of hearing lots and lots of news about Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think by... April will have a lot of news. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, you, you've also got, what, Prodigy out there that they're developing? Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Prodigy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a ton of Star Trek coming. Um, and I'm sure, you know, that we'll hear something about that other show. We'll talk more about that uh, at, at the end of this, this episode. But I'm sure we've got, you know, more information coming about uh previously hinted at shows so uh there's a lot going on out there but right now as we sit here in the uh third week of january 2021 uh there the the star trek news media has been very quiet you know And, and i just i find that a little surprising and and you know we've talked about this before if I were CBS All Access, I would uh, make sure that there was that there was a, a a constant drip of news so that people continue to subscribe to my service. Because right now we don't know when the next Star Trek series will air, and I think that you know people are uh, likely to stop to cancel their subscriptions. You know yeah. what? Now that you mention that, <laughs> there is no reason for me to have my CBS All well, Access except, right now, is there? Except. Oh. I can't remember when Paramount 
is uh, do, when CBS All Access is due to rebrand as the Paramount Streaming Service or Paramount uh, Plus, yeah. I think is what they're calling it. And yeah. the, I, I, it's either February or April. And given the fact that we've not heard a ton about it this month, my guess is it's April. But I'm going to guess that's when something's going to happen. Because how, yeah. how do you launch your new streaming service and not have some brilliant new content to go with it? So it, I would not be surprised if we don't get some short treks or, uh, you know, just, I, it seems like it'd be awfully soon for Discovery to come back. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's when Strange New Worlds goes. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, I mean at least gets announced. Because they, they haven't even started filming that, have they? That I don't know. I don't know the I don't know the uh, the shooting sketch for hmm. uh, for Strange New Worlds. They've been very tight lipped about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully, something we we get some news on Paramount Plus and and what's coming to that service soon enough. Yeah. Um. Because yeah, I mean, to your point, eh, there's really not much that's. Right. I don't know why I'm paying for CBS All Access right now. Right. right? No, I'm absolutely the literally the only thing I have watched on CBS All Access. Uh, since the s- early summertime has been Star Trek related. For the last 23 weeks, the only thing I've watched <laughs> on, on CBS All Access is Star Trek. Well, so. two of those 23 weeks were spent watching this Philippa Georgiou. That's uh, right. Twi- That's right. Actually, you saw it twice. Yeah, twice, because I had, I had to rewatch it last night, because, uh, like we said, it's been about five weeks since uh, the first episode aired, and mm. uh, the first of this two-parter aired, and uh, it's been a minute, and I've had some other Star Trek in my head since then, so uh, I uh, I had to uh, you know go back and rewatch, and I'm glad I did. I picked up on some things that, that I missed the first time around, and keep well, in mind, I, let, me, let me reset the table on how I watch these things. Generally, I am at least... One very generous pour of scotch in, uh, uh, okay. you know. So you know, I'm I'm fighting through the whiskey to be able to retain my uh, my knowledge. <laughs> so, well, you know, as a reminder, where we left this episode, where we left Star Trek Discovery, um, I had actually noted that you know, um, Georgia was going through these you know um, like fits, right, where she was. Uh, seeing herself in the other reality, she was, you know, having like panic attacks and, and things like that. And I, I had noted at the time that I found it kind of interesting that the Discovery crew was so endearing to her, mm-hmm. right? That they, they, I, you know, it, I, it caught me a little in the back that they were so caring, so very fond of her. Yeah, yeah. Given yeah. that she is just terrible to them. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and as explained um, over the course of this episode, there's a reason that because I had noted that she was getting even more terrible <laughs> to everyone. Right. Like she couldn't say a nice thing to anyone about anything. Right. Um, and, and it is explained uh, in, um, you know, in, in the first part of Terra Firmer that Giorgio is it, it's one thing to be out of your dimension. It's another thing to be out of your dimension and out of your time. So basically History is trying to to write her out. Well, and it doesn't help that you know when when she first came over, or I'm sorry, when you know in their in their earlier time when they before they they traveled 900 years into the future, 
the mirror universe and the prime universe were what they called aligned and they were closer together, you know, in yeah. the multiverse or what have, have you. Well, 900 years later, those universes, those timelines have moved apart. Plus you have the issue of the gap in 900 years. So there's like a, a temporal alignment as well as a physical alignment. And the fact that you've got both of those issues, uh, uh, compounding Giorgio is out of phase with her current timeline and you know when we first saw her exhibit these these strange symptoms it was right after she'd had met with uh, uh oh gosh well i can't remember his david name lynch. uh kovic it's not da- david lynch it's uh kovic right kovic the fly cronenberg uh, That's yeah right. it's right right after she met with cronenberg and you're like well you know of course you know, he took out his meat gun and uh, did something to her. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it uh, um, turns out that's not the case. I mean, I really did think this was a Section 31, you know, screwing with Giorgio, right? I thought so, too. And, uh, and I think that was an intentional head feint, you know. Have, yeah, have I mean, that's why you hire that guy. That's why you hire David Cronenberg. That's right. Um but no, it's because, you know, she's she's out of phase. And what I thought was, was really a lot of fun was the... Uh, you know, reference to, you know, Star Trek Enterprise, the temporal wars, the temporal cold war, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, he, they bring the example of the guy who had come over from an alternate universe, uh, and then shifted in time. And, well, that, that's, that's no good. Thank God that you, you, you know, thank, thank your lucky stars that you missed the temporal cold wars. And then they add that he was from a universe created by a Romulan mining ship, which sounds to me like Star Trek 2009. It does, yeah. And I just, I, I thought that was, I love when we weave in, you know, nobody has been to that universe over here <laughs> other than Spock, and that was a one-way trip. Um, I just, I love that uh, we get to, to hear about those kind of things, that Starfleet's aware of that shit, right? Yeah. Um, I thought that was, that was really cool, but, you know, Cronenberg, and I'm sure he has a character name that I just can't recall. Kovic tells, is his name. That's what Co- I'm saying. Kovic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Kovic. Um, you know, he, tell, he tells uh, Culver, or Culber, I'm sorry, we, we, we learned that. It's Culber. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, tells Culber, you know, there's really nothing you can do for her. What you need to do is you need to sedate her and put her in a, in a locked room because, you know, with the way Terrans die, uh, when they know they're dying, they look to, you know, take as many people with them because, you know, that's, that's their, their culture. Um, but, you know, Culber's like, no, we'll help her, we'll help her because Culber's that guy. And, they the they wind up asking uh the computer you know is there something we can do is there something uh you know knowing what we know from 900 years ago knowing what we know now and add in all of that control data is there something we can do and the computer says yeah yeah there is which you know surprises the hell out of uh kovic mm-hmm. and you know that's when he he instructs culver do not tell Giorgio about this because, you know, that's going to be a, a bad thing. But no, they decide, you know, that we're, we're open and honest on, on, on the Starship Discovery. So <clears throat> they, they decide to go on a mission or the, they pitch a mission to Admiral Vance. And this is one of those really nice moments. And I think we talked about this a little bit last time that I, I like the teaching moments that mm-hmm. Admiral Vance has with Saru. Uh, because, you know, Saru has not emerged fully formed as a Starship captain and he's new at this. And, you know, when the, when the mission is pitched, 
Saru says no. You know, we're on yellow alert right now. We've got a whole bunch of shit going on with the Emerald Chain. And Vance overrides him. And when the crew is dismissed and it's just Saru and Vance, again, Oded Fair is amazing as Vance. I, yeah, I, he, does a, he does a bang-up job for sure. Well, and some terrific hair acting. I mean, damn. <laughs> if I could get me a Vance wig, I'd be all over that because the man's got some hair. But uh, uh, he tells Saru, and, and I think this is absolutely true. And, you know, a lot of times you can apply the coaching that captains are provided or that the, the coachings that, the, you know, these senior, senior officers provide. You can apply that to daily life. And what he tells Saru is that, you know, you're, you have a crew member who's hurting. If you turn your back on that crew member now because you got to take care of this other stuff, your crew is never going to forget that. And you'll never, you know, be able to, you know, earn their trust. And that is absolutely true for new leaders. Yeah. You know, that you, you have got to, you have to have earned, um, uh, a certain amount of trust and respect before you can say, look, needs of the many, right? Uh, and this is a very Star Trek moment. And I, I, I really loved it. And, you know, because of, uh, my history with Oded Fair and other films and TV projects, I have been suspicious of this guy. Uh, but it sure is nice to see that he appears, Admiral Vance appears to be a good guy. We have seen yeah. him do good things and even correct himself like, you know, I, I, I thought it was going to be this way. It wound up being that way. Who would have thought you were right? Um, <laughs> I, I really, I am, I am enjoying the hell out of Oded Fair in that role. Yeah. So they, they, they take Giorgio, um, to this uninhabited planet, uh, Danis five. Uh huh. Way out, to, it's it's out there on the rim, on the rim towards the gamma quadrant, Paul. Dun dun dun. I mean, I was like, oh wow, we gonna we gonna see some some nine hundred year old changelings, <laughs> get some dominion action going on here. But no, no, no. it's just a, it's just a, it's just an empty snowy planet. And did you have the moment, Paul, when when Giorgio and Barnum beam down to the planet? You know, they're they're on this. Uh, sort of Arctic plane, just snow drifts and whatnot. And it's not at all dissimilar from the visuals that we saw in the very first episode of season one of Discovery with uh, Prime Giorgio and Burnham walking around in the desert. Did, did you oh, get yeah. that parallel, Paul? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> well, I, I, I sat there when, when they when they pulled back and you just see that you know giant frozen plane. You know, I, I'm just like, if they so help me God. If they walk a pattern of a of a star Starfleet Delta, I am gonna come unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do that. They 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 walked through the snow and the ice uh, to where you know control told them to go, and they're like, well, something's supposed to be here. And there, sitting in an Adirondack chair, is Carl. We meet Carl. Carl. You know, he he's he's a guy sitting there reading the paper. And uh, this is when this episode became the most Star Trek episode of the entire run of Star Trek Discovery, in my opinion. Because you had a guy who, you know, uh, appears, you know, supernatural, you know, uh, omnipresent, omnipowerful. And it's, it's one, it, it's like a Q moment, right? You know, you've got, you, you've got mm-hmm. this character who just sort of defies initial description and understanding. Who knows a lot about your situation? And, you know, he's, he's, he's using Terran norms that are, you know, uh, you know, out of time, uh, to present himself. And this just seemed, this seemed the, the most, 
original series, next generation type of episode, just from that piece of it. And I got to tell you, when I saw that, I, I just big old lopsided smile on my face. I mean, did I, you I, know I did, who it was upon the? Oh no, 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 not until not until the big reveal. I just was thrilled that we had this, you know this kind of character because it sure does seem like a, as much racing around as uh starship discovery has done uh over the last four, uh, over the last 3 seasons mm-hmm. that we should have run into one of these type of characters because they were always ubiquitous in original series and next generation. And we haven't. We haven't run into Q. We haven't run into Squire of Gothos. We haven't run into the Archons or any of, any of those kinds of guys, mm-hmm. uh, Organians. I mean, just all, all those universal super beings appear to have disappeared, uh, from the galaxy. And so it was nice that you, you got that sort of, you know, ethereal supernatural feel that, that, uh, you know, it was so present in prior iterations of Star Trek that we really haven't seen in Discovery. Uh, and, and I just got a kick out of that. And, you know, uh, it, of course, it all makes sense by the time you get to the end of the episode. But the but Carl and I, I got to say, I rather enjoyed Carl mm-hmm. you know, him, him, uh, you know, chastising Giorgio about understanding doors <laughs> and door <laughs> technology, breakthrough door technology. <laughs> What do you do? What do we do with this? You go through it. It's a door. I, I, I got a kick out of that, Paul. I do too. And, uh, you know, so Georgia goes through that door and finds herself back in the mirror universe the day before, roughly, I think, right? Well, in the times right before she was, um, attacked, right? You know, right, where, betrayed. where yeah. the, the coup was yeah. attempted by, um, yeah, because Burnham we, and, we we know that uh, in the timeline that we know, Giorgio killed Michael Burnham when you know she attempted her coup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is those events immediately preceding that. Uh, these precede the events that we see in Star Trek Discovery season one, um, and it is fascinating. Uh, I thought the the uh, the way they handled this, because I'm doing a whole lot of, okay. So for instance, uh, you know, Giorgio returns and, you know, she, she is told she's given this little device to wear on her wrist that is going to measure her general level of, of wellness in relation to her out of phase. And, you know, she is told by Carl that it'll be in the green the entire time she's on the other side of the door. Um, but she can die other ways. You know, her sickness won't kill her there, but something else could. And, you know, she's back in, in the, the Terran mirror universe. So, you know, there are dangers all around and, and, you know, there is, she knows that she is walking into a situation where Michael Burnham has, is in league with a number of others to dethrone her, to assassinate her, to take her power. And, you know, so we're, we, we walk into that element. And sure enough, you know, there is a, uh, a show where the, uh, they, 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 they sing an opera or, you know, do a performance very certain du soleil in its appearance. And I really got a kick out of Stamets, you know, reading the, the poetry, you know, the, the poem yeah. that, that, that's written on behalf of Giorgio. And we see Giorgio kill Stamets. 
in the, you know, Stamets, you know, wriggles up behind her and he's going to stab her and she beats him to it and stabs him right in the neck. And we don't see Stamets again after that. And that's where, when I was like, now wait a minute, Mirror Stamets was alive in season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm very, I, I, so I'm like, okay, so we're either rewriting history or this is not, this is not the timeline that we're familiar with, right? Um, because I, that I find, it is very clear to me that Stamets is dead in that scene. Now nobody ever says, he's dead, Jim. Uh, but he, he is stabbed in the neck. He is, he has left their eyes wide open on the floor with blood pouring out all around him. And, and I just don't see anybody running to his side to, uh, to, you know, fix him. So I found that a little confusing. Well, I think, you know, the, the whole point was that Giorgio was, was rewriting her, her history. Right. Now, but I also, you know, it, there, there are unanswered questions. Yes, there are. Right. Um, but I think that's, we're not going to get answers to them. <laughs> I don't think, um, well, and I, and I think that, I think the point is that, yeah, we're not going to get answers to those. And you just have to kind of think about what transpires here as a one-off. Yes. Um, that even though, uh, when Giorgio returns, uh, to Burnham on the other, uh, back on the right side of the door, you know, she's got three months worth of data on her wrist comp. You know, so she knows that she experienced those, she genuinely experienced those things that happened. But it's almost like that's a pocket dimension. That's not the real mirror yeah. universe. It's, a, it's, or, or it's a variant of the mirror universe. Some, that stuff that happened did not actually happen in the mirror universe that we visit in prior seasons. Well, uh, and so. Very you know, confusing. But, yeah, it, it is. Um, but I think it's one of those just like, just accept it because that's not the point anyway. Like hot time, time, time machine. Exactly. <laughs> like, just accept it because that's not the point anyway. Um, you know, because what, what you discover is that Giorgio's time on, you know, with Discovery has changed her. Um, you know, she befriends Saru. You know, the, 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 the Kelpians are, are slaves and are food. <laughs> um, you know, in the mirror universe, but instead she spares Saru and makes him her, her main slave, I guess. But they, you know, he, he, they befriend each other and you yeah. know, she, she is open and honest with him. Um, he is the one to discover that she is not Terran. Um, just yeah, the nature of the fact that she has changed her ways. And I gotta say, you know, that, that scene where he discovers that is when he tells her, he says, you know, I'm not going to be able to serve you anymore. The, 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 uh, Vahari is coming for me, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, if you'll keep in mind that what we know about Kelpians is that back in the day, uh, the Vahari was, was seen as a time when, you know, they're going to, going to go mad. So they have to be cold. Well, that's, that's really just sort of Kelpian puberty. Yeah. And yeah, they go a little crazy for a little bit, but when they come back, they're stronger, braver, more mature, uh, more competent. And, you know, she tells him that. She goes, you know, uh, whoever told you that, you know, was wrong. The Vorhai, Vorhai, is just transformation. You're gonna, you're going, you're going to change and you're going to be better for it on the other side. So when it happens, go lock yourself in a room. A couple of days later, you're gonna, you're gonna come out fine. And that's when he realizes that when she's, this kindness that she's showing to him, this experience that she's had that's transformed her, means that she's not who, you know, she says she is. You know, you mm-hmm. are not Taryn. And I got to say, 
is a long way for me to get here, but I got to say that moment where Saru realizes that, or Mirror Saru, he's not actually Saru in the Mirror Universe. Yeah. He's uh, he doesn't have a name. Um, he uh, the when that knowledge hits him, it is a. I mean, you feel it. I mean, I, I thought they directed that moment so well because it just seemed a very powerful revelation. It was such an eye opener for him, and even though we knew it all along. To see it go across uh, the actor, to see it go across, you know, uh, that character was just amazing. I, I thought that was a, a brilliant bit of shooting there. Agreed, agreed. That was a good scene. And, and meanwhile, you know, Burnham has been captured for her role in the, you know, in the attempted coup, and is basically, you know, uh, George O. Instead of killing her, basically tortures her until she breaks and is, you know. Swears allegiance. Basically, she she shows mercy upon her. Um, but what you find out, and so the, the, in theory, Burnham and, and Giorgio then start to work together, and they're you know they're trying to find Lorca, right? Which it, you know, considering how many times Lorca's name was said in these two episodes, yeah, I thought I you were going to see some Lorca. I yeah. did, but we yeah. didn't. Yeah. Um, because Burnham betrays Giorgio. Uh, and again, uh, yeah. again, <laughs> and uh, Georgia is, is put in a situation where she has no choice but to kill Burnham. Um, yeah. And, and, but they, they basically kill each other, right? She, yeah. the, the wounds that are inflicted upon her as part of that battle, um, also kill Georgia. Now, yeah, the, the one negative thing I'll say about these episodes, I felt like Burnham's character, um, I felt it was almost too overacted. Oh yeah, my my mirror Burnham was chewing the scenery left and right, and I'm like, hey, hey, knock that off. Yeah. she was that the I so the director Martin, right. She was just like over the top, and I'm like, it felt like the <sighs> like the director wasn't empowered to control her. Yeah, because she just was off the leash. And there's certainly an element of that in the Mirror Universe characters. I mean, we yeah. see that all the way back to the original series. But it was insane how how she was turned up to 11 almost the entire show. She was like a Wesley there, Snipes in Demolition Man. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that, I was like, yeah. huh, okay, she's like way off the off the rails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was there was no nuance to her performance. No, and I, I like Sonequa Martin Green a lot. I felt like she needed a stronger director saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Now that we've done that, let's bring it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, none do none that of the other inside. characters did, right? The, yeah. Whether it was Stamets or Ensign Killy. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, Captain Killy. Captain Killy. Yeah. Sorry. Captain Killy. Um, you know, they, 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 they had some nuance to their performance. It, they were evil, right? I mean, of course they were Terran. You got that, but they weren't, you know, over the top crazy the entire yeah. time. Yeah, so you know, like the end of Rocky, uh, you know, Giorgio and Burnham kill each other, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're both lay laying on, laying on the on, on the deck, bleeding out. Uh, I thought there was a really nice scene where uh, Mirror Saru is cradling the you know uh, uh, injured form of Philippa, and you know he's he's holding her in sort of a, a, a 
sort of the same way that uh, you'll see statues of Mary and Jesus, you yeah. know, where Mary is cradling uh, Christ after his crucifixion. Um, I, I, just, I thought that that was a nicely shot scene uh, with him mourning her, you know, and, and you know, trying to tell her, you know, be still, save your strength, help is coming, uh, even though they both know that she's dying, right? Mm-hmm. And that she, she'll be dead in moments. I just thought that was a really nice scene because, you know, we, we, we see that we, there is a grudging respect between Prime Saru and Philippa in the you know, regular universe, uh, but for them to have developed such a a tender and respectful and sort of out relationship in the mirror universe is just r- really nicely done. And so this is one of those things, I, I think it makes Sonequa Martin-Green's performance so much more absurd Um that there is all this wealth of nuance between Michelle Yeoh and Doug Jones, mm-hmm. and none <laughs> from Sonequa <laughs> Martin Green. I mean, she she hers was the performance that just annoyed the tar out of me in the show. Agreed. Because everybody else is bringing their A game, and I feel like she just saw this as an opportunity to, to just go way off the rails, as you said, uh, and not looking around at what others are doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I got to tell you, I, Owo, I love yeah. Owo. I loved Owo in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, in these two episodes. And Detmer. I mean, you know, I, the, these two actresses who are just delightful in the Prime Universe, their characters are just delightful and fun. Uh, to see them play dangerous uh, is a lot of fun. And it's, yeah. it, but, but, you know, neither one of them was like super over the top. They were just tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was I was very disappointed in the performance from from, from Sonequa Martin Green. Again, I lay that at the foot of the director, or perhaps uh, executive producers not empowering their directors to reign to reign the number one on the call sheet in. Yeah, uh, because she was way out of line. I thought. Well, and so you know, after Giorgio dies, she wakes up back on you know back in the snow back with, back in the snow next to the door yep next to the door with, with carl, carl and, uh, and, and, and 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 real burnham prime uh-huh. burnham and uh and, you know go ahead i was just gonna say you know uh you know she she wakes up and this is where she you know checks her wrist comp and finds out that shit that really happened even though michael's like but she was only gone she's she's only been out a minute so she never even actually dematerialized to them she just fell over apparently yeah uh when she went through the doorway and and you know we learn that carl uh you know needed to weigh her she needed to be estimated and they needed to see if given similar opportunities if she would make a different decision and sure enough you know Giorgio's like well you know i still killed my daughter and they're like yeah but you didn't want to and you were kind of pushed into a corner and you made different decisions. We have learned that you can change. And, and like, well, what's the point of that? And she, she's still sick. You know, her wrist bracelet has, has gone back to showing that, you know, she is she is super sick and has no time. That This time tomorrow she will be dead. Capital D-E-D, dead. Right. And, uh, you know, this is when we find out that Carl is not just Carl. Carl is so much more. He is the guardian of forever from uh, the original series episode City on the Edge of Forever. And uh, I, I I squealed, Paul. I didn't see that coming. I squealed. 
I squealed, I squealed. When when it when the doorway morphs in, explodes and morphs in to uh, the forever gateway. Oh mm-hmm. my god, it was so hot. <laughs> it was so hot. And we find out that during the temporal cold war, people were trying to use the guardian of forever to go back into the past and or perhaps the future and change shit. And so the guardian of forever has been in hiding since then. And so you know he he apparently has the ability to move where the gateway is and so he moves around space and time so that people can't find him but for whatever reason he has chosen to help Giorgio and I feel like and it's not stated but I feel like maybe control you know the, the control data I should say mm-hmm. advocated on her behalf I mean that's kind of it felt like there was a missing piece there I did that find we that you know because I that, that is something that didn't sit with me uh, at yeah. the end of the episode is why Giorgio you know, what What about Giorgio, you know, needed the Guardian of Forever to, or, you know, inspired the Guardian of Forever to give a shit, right? right? You know? Yeah. Why would you care about this person? Yeah. Well, and certainly that's why the Guardian weighs her, right? To determine, yeah. is she is she worthwhile to preserve, or do you just let her run her course? Uh, so, you know, what the Guardian says is, okay, you know, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to put you back in a place in time where these universes are closer together. You're going to stay in the prime universe, but you're going to be in, a, in an earlier timeline uh, where these universes are more aligned and that'll solve your problem. Um, and Giorgio's like, well, can can Michael come with me? And, and uh, the Guardian says, no, she's actually exactly where she needs to be. So, you know, this is this is a trip for you. And so we have a very heartfelt goodbye mm-hmm. between Philippa and Michael. And I got to tell you, Michael says something that it a heartbeat later, she clarifies it. But she's like, you know, she says something to, to Philippa like, you know, you were the only Philippa for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the the woman who raised you, who you know, died on on your away mission, that's not your Philippa. But then she's like, no, all the f- feelings that I have for you are your feelings. They're not misplaced feelings from someone else. So she clarified that. But there was that moment. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> They ate your mother. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to go on. When you left, your mother got eaten by the Klingons. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it, it kind of goes to again um, something that, that, like I said at the beginning of this episode that we're talking about, I feel like the affection that the crew showed or had for Giorgio because you know after George after Giorgio steps through the portal Burnham goes back to discovery and they have you know a nice awake. little oh yeah, yeah awake you know where the team tells kind stories and they're all very sad I'm like why are you sad like she made everyone's life <laughs> miserable uh-huh. <laughs> she helped don't get me wrong she helped at the end of season two but other than that she was a complete asshole to every single one of you nonstop constantly uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah and then they're like oh but you know she'll definitely remember her and everyone like giggles and she was definitely <laughs> a handful like she could have murdered all of you uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and tried and, and, and probably try. thought about it a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did like Jet Reno's, you know, uh, eulogy of her. You know, she she had she had no tact <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, you know, 
before Georgia walks through the portal, she says something that I, I thought was really interesting and, and probably hints a little bit about the series that uh, Michelle Yeoh is going to. Um, and that she, she says, you know, there was a person close to me. His name was Son, and I wish that I had been able to talk to him, essentially like she's talking to Burnham. Yeah. And, you know, that there was a story that she wanted to tell about Son to Burnham. And, you know, but I don't have time to tell you now. And so she's like, well, tell the people that you meet on the other side. So who's Son, Paul? I don't know. I guess we'll find out in that Section 31 series. And I got to tell you, you know, when I when I listened to it, it sounded like she said, who's Son? And, you know, so I had to turn on the closed captioning and, and the closed captioning, it's Son. Okay. But uh, I, I, I was I was like... Who's Hosan? Who I I don't know who this person is, and uh, you know. So, but I'm sure we're going to hear about it in the Section 31 show. So, Giorgio was gone. Giorgio yeah. has uh, has left the series. That was her last bit on Discovery. Though I'd be really surprised if you know if she's traveling to the past. Why couldn't she leave a message for Burnham at some point? Yeah, fair know, point. That, fair some, point. that somehow finds her, and that I, I would be very surprised if by the time we get to the the end of this series, that there's not some hey, you know, I left this in a Dropbox to be delivered 900 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, I I think it's an awfully twisty, turny sort of journey that this character has been on. They have baked in so much backstory to her that I, I, I think that the next thing she's on, you know, the, the, the much ballyhooed section 31 show, uh, I, I think that they, it can't help but start with sort of, you know, a rich story just because of how much this character has already been through. What's really going to matter with section 31. Cause we know, um, we know who's Giorgio is an interesting character. We know, right. you know, that, um, Michelle Yeoh is an excellent actress, right? Right. Um, I think what's really going to matter is who is her, um, supporting cast. Right. That's really what's going to make the difference. Well, and I think time frame. I, I, my personal desire is that they set this, uh, post next generation, but maybe pre Picard. So maybe we get to see, you know, some of this, some of the stuff that leads up to, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, destruction of Romulus. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would like to occupy that space because, you know, lower decks has taught us that there's still a lot more story to tell in the next generation era. Uh, I would like that. I think that would be a lot of fun and it would be fun to have a character like Giorgio who is just absent any sort of tact walk around in a world that is so prim you know there there mm-hmm. is there is a primness to the next generation setting that uh, I, I think it would be fun to see her run up against I think that'd be a lot of fun yeah well I guess we'll see it would, you know, yeah. we know nothing about when it said you know we don't see what happens to Giorgio on the other side of the portal no um, you know so I'm sure we'll we'll get an announcement at some point in the future. So there was a B story running through uh, this episode. And the B story was we're fi- trying to figure out the signal that we're getting from that Kelpian ship, right? And Well, it's not uh, revealed it's a Kelpian ship until this episode, these episodes. Right. right? Uh, that is true. And, so they're looking for we, the source we, of the burn, basically. Right. Looking for the source of the burn. And there's a Starfleet vessel out there that's sending some kind of distress signal. They're able to unlock the distress signal, you know, uh, and... 
we find out that it's a Kelpian ship, it's a Kelpian distress signal, the Kelpian ship that was destroyed more than a hundred years ago, or was in distress more than a hundred years ago, and this thing's on loop. So uh, we also know that this Kelpian ship was uh, investigating a dilithium nursery, right? So you know, a, a place where dilithium is uh, is rich in in uh, in, uh, in resources. So. Uh, Admiral Vance uh, orders Saru to go check it out. And that's where we're going to go in the three-part season finale. Yes, which we will Coming up next, next time. time. Yes. Yeah, coming up next time on Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. Uh, so, you know, hopefully within the next six or eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> At least you said weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're coming. We're coming. We're, we're, we're just, you know, it's it's like, you know, running a marathon. You know, you, you got to stop and, and uh, breathe for a minute. You know, because we didn't train for this. <laughs> we're going to stop. We're going we're to stop. We're going to throw up. We're going to we're going to rehydrate, get some electrolytes, and we'll be back with the three part Star Trek Discovery season three finale. Uh, but, you know, we want to know what you thought about uh, Giorgio and her exit from the Star Trek Discovery. Give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise you can also hit up hit us up on social media iom geek on facebook instagram and twitter we look forward to hearing from you come back soon we should be here <laughs> see you then <laughs> bye star trek with aaron and polly is a production of iomgeek.com have a question or comment hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903 Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays, no troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. <laughs>